You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the Answers That Work broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Aren't you glad that in Christ we win all the time? We have battles, but we ultimately win according to the scriptures. So glad to have you with us today. I began a series entitled Taking Advantage of Your Advantage. And the theme throughout the series is the advantage believers have when dealing with the death of a loved one. We, those of you that are born again, we have an advantage that those who are unsaved do not have. This is episode number four, and we began uh, this series talking about the Holy Spirit and how he lives in us, and he's with us, and he's for us, and he helps us to deal with the affairs of life. Then we talked about the peace advantage. We talked about the joy uh, advantage. And today, in this fourth episode, we're going to talk about the strength advantage. The strength advantage. I um, pastored uh, for 42 uh, years and about eight months. And I know, and I preached a lot of funerals, and I've seen people, believers, members of my church, to navigate through the death of loved ones and, and really overcome and win. And unfortunately, I've seen believers who, who got stuck, and, and it threw them off course. I pray that some of them are back in the saddle, but death can be a very difficult time for people. And it takes strength to be able to navigate through successfully. Um, and especially the death of a significant loved one. It can often be overwhelming Often it can be overwhelming uh, when you look at all the things connected to the death, the emotional challenges that people face. Uh, usually when a significant loved one dies, there are emotions that you naturally feel, shock, fear, uh, sadness, sorrow. Some people feel depressed, uh, afraid, uh, hopeless, anger, 
regret, guilt, a lot of emotions. And often it's true that people, emotions fluctuate after the death of a loved one. Sometimes they can feel this way, then they feel this way. And sometimes they feel great, sometimes they don't feel great. So it just takes strength to navigate just through the emotional challenges. And then there's the practical challenges, the things that you have to do after the funeral, the uh, the burial, insurance, uh, uh, going through the things, deciding what you're going to do with their possessions and bills and debts and family members and all kinds of stuff, the will and not having a will. There's a lot of practical responsibilities. And and if you are, were married, but your spouse dies, now you're handling things that you normally would not handle. Uh, if you're single, sometimes you feel overwhelmed because you wish you had somebody uh, to help you uh, navigate through the situation. So it's so many practical things that uh, it takes to navigate. And then just the reality of adjusting to life without the person. The person um, is it's like a puzzle. If you take a big piece, I mean, I mean, a big piece of that puzzle and you remove it, uh, you finally completed the puzzle and you get stand back and look at that puzzle and it's all in place. And then for whatever reason, a big piece of the puzzle is removed and that gap is there. And that's the way death is, the gap. The person brought something to the table. They brought something to your life. They contributed something to your life. And now all of a sudden they're gone. All of a sudden that contribution is no longer coming in. And uh, whether you are giving or uh, receiving, but now all of a sudden it's a gap. And it takes a lot of strength to navigate through. But God never expects or ask us to be strong in ourselves. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he doesn't ask us to be strong in ourselves. He never expects it. In fact, sometimes we tell people, just be strong, be strong, everything gonna work out. But really the scriptures never tells us to be strong. Yes, it does. I know it does. I read in the scripture. No, you read be strong in the Lord. You didn't read be strong. You read be strong in the Lord because God never expects or asks us to be strong in ourselves. He often knows that we feel too weak to move on. Sometimes we just feel too weak to move on. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want anybody talking to me. I don't want anybody telling me to read the Bible. I don't want them to tell me to pray. I just feel too weak to pray. I feel too weak to read the Bible. I feel too weak. God knows that. And he also knows that the load is too heavy. It's just too heavy. I've said that to people at funerals for years. It's too heavy to try to care by yourself. This is too heavy. You were not created. We were not created to handle death alone. You always 
have three options available to you. You always have three options. Joshua 1, 2 communicates those options. In the New King James Version, Moses had died, and this is what it says. He's, God is speaking to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I give to them. You always have three options. You can look back to the past, you can stay stuck, or you can move forward. Look back, that's the past, stay stuck, that's the present, or you can move forward. Come on, say that after me. Look back, stay stuck, move forward. Come on, say it again. Look back, stay stuck, move forward. If you're looking back, that's the past. If you're staying stuck, that's the present. If you're moving forward, you're moving forward into the future. Let's look at looking back. Moses, my servant, is dead. That's the past. It's over. Moses' time, Moses' time of ministry has ended. It's the past. Your loved one died. That's the past. Your significant person died. That's the past. Well, let's talk about looking back. There's nothing wrong with looking back and enjoying the memories. Uh, my God, brother, Minister Connie Blaylock preached a sermon, and I think it stuck with so many people. He said that God gives us the gift of memories the gift that memories are a gift. And, and so it's nothing wrong with enjoying the memories of your loved one. Nothing wrong with thinking about the funny things and thinking about the good things and thinking about the contribution. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, remembering the opportunity you had to spend time with that person and enjoy that, that season of life. Nothing wrong with looking back. Nothing wrong with enjoying the memories, but there's plenty wrong with guilt, regret, and reliving or trying to hold on to the past. There's plenty wrong with guilt. Guilt does nothing positive for you. There's nothing positive. If there's something that you should have done or you did, let's say your, your parent died and you're a teenager or, or, or you're a child or whatever, and you, you said something wrong or you did something wrong, you just tell God, forgive me for doing that, and then you move on. God doesn't want you to wallow in. Regret is to coulda, woulda, shoulda. I wish I had. I could wish I could. I wish I did. No, there were times when I should have called my mother more. My mother knew I loved her. I loved her. But there were times I should have called her more. And, and then when she died, I started thinking, man, it wasn't, she wasn't asking for that much. She wasn't asking for that much. What I had to do, I had to forgive myself and I had to ask God to forgive me and I had to move on. I had to move on. Regret reliving the past. You can't relive it. 
I see people trying to relive the past. They're holding on to holding on to stuff on the voicemail. They got the person's voice on the voicemail. They got movies and and they watch the movies all the time. And they they are uh, they they listen to the voicemail because they want to hear their voice. And they've been doing that for years. And then they keep the the room the same way. Don't move anything. Don't give any of the clothes away. What? They, they, they put. They just try to relive the past. You notice that God hid Moses' grave. <laughs> Did you know that God hid Moses' grave? Wouldn't tell folk where he was buried because he knew they would build a city, the city of Moses, and they would stay stuck, reliving, trying to relive the past. Now you can stay stuck. That's the present. But the scripture says, arise, get up, get up. The present, when you say a present, I gave you a present. I gave you a gift. Time is a gift. Is The present time is a gift. So don't waste it. Don't waste it with anger and self-pity and grief. Uh, it'll keep you stuck. Deuteronomy 34, 8 says the children of Israel wept 30 days and the morning of Moses ended. It ended 30 days. They gave Moses 30 days. And sometimes we say, well, you know what? He, he remarried. He wasn't even married. He wasn't even, she wasn't dead in the grave. Or she wasn't, he wasn't, the grave wasn't cold and he died. One a whole year. One whole, well, they gave Moses just 30 days. They gave Moses 13 days. They gave Moses. Moses, 30 days. They, they mourn for Moses, 30 days. And the scripture says the morning ended. So you can look back to the past. You can stay stuck in the present or you can move forward to the future. Moving forward, go over this Jordan, God says. Now, granted, it's going to be enemies over on the Jordan side. On the other side, the promised land, there's going to be some enemies. So there's going to be some adjusting periods you're going to have to do. And it's going to feel like enemies sometimes adjusting to the absence of that person. But there are going to be opportunities. It's going to be opportunities. In fact, Joshua lived on a level Moses never lived on. There are going to be opportunities. But the promise is that God said to Joshua and Joshua 1.5, I'm going to be with you. Maybe enemies over there, but I'm going to be with you. Maybe have to adjust to Moses' death, but I'm going to be with you. And that's what God is saying to you. I will be with you. So, but what if we feel too weak to move on? I feel too weak to move on. I want to give you a text. I want you to study it. It's Isaiah 40, 28 through, to 28 through 31. I want you to study it. I want you to meditate in it. You said, but I'm too weak to move on. I'm too weak to move on. I got good news for you from Isaiah 40. 29 through 31. You can start at verse 28, but the the, the, the answer's going to begin at verse 28. The first answer to you, if you feel too weak to move on, you just don't have the strength, then God has the gift of strength for you. Verse 29 says, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increased strength. He gives power to you when you're weak. 
If you don't have it in might, he'll increase your strength. Second thing, good news for you. Resist the temptation of self-dependency and condemnation. You're going to resist the temptation of self-dependency. You're going to resist that and condemnation. Verse 30 says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Natural strength has limitations. So don't depend on it. Don't depend on just going to be strong. No, that's not what I'm teaching you. That's not what the Bible's. The Bible is not saying grit your teeth and just be strong. No, 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 no. Resist that temptation to depend on yourself and don't condemn yourself if you feel weak. Don't condemn yourself if you feel weak. Don't condemn yourself if you feel weak. I told you, God has a gift for you. He has a gift of strength, and you resist that temptation of depending on yourself. And then number three, receive God's strength. Right there in Isaiah chapter 40, the Bible says in verse 31, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The way that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait on him. Now, that word wait doesn't mean, you know, you're at the bus stop, you're waiting on the bus to come. No, 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 no. you waiting at the airport, waiting on your flight to take off. No, 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 no. That's not waiting. Waiting there means to look outside of yourself. It means to look outside of yourself. Resist the temptation to self-dependence. To look outside of yourself and trust God. It's really almost like a paradox. You're looking outside of yourself, but you're looking inward to the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you. You're looking outside of your efforts, and you're looking into the Holy Spirit who lives on inside of you. So that word wait there is not just patience. It's about trust. You're not going to trust yourself to make it. You're going to trust the spirit of God who lives in you. And then it says you'll renew your strength. You'll renew. The word renew means an exchange that leads to change. You're exchanging your weaknesses for God's strength. You're exchanging your weakness for God's strength. But you said, but. I just feel like the load is too heavy. It's just too heavy, Mike. I just can't carry all this. I can't do all this. My husband did this for me. My wife did this for me. I, I, it's just too heavy carrying the load of the death of a child. That's just too heavy, Mike. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely too heavy. And that's the point of this message. You have the advantage of supernatural strength, not natural. God is not asking you to be strong. Well, let's see what Jesus said. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavy laden, he says, come to me. That's simple, isn't it? He said, if you're heavy, laden, if you burden down, if life is too heavy for you, he said, come to me. Jesus saying that to you now, just come to me. 
Jesus says, just come to me now. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. In other words, don't come to activity. Because some people say, well, I'm just going to stay busy. What you doing? How you making it? I'm just staying busy. Well, let me tell you something. Busy, take your mind off for a minute. But the moment you sit, settle down, those emotions and feelings and the burden just rush back on you. He didn't say come to activity. He said come to me. He didn't say come to alcohol. I got to have me a drink, man. I just, I got to, I got to. I got to, give me a cigarette. I got to calm my nerve down. No, he didn't say come to alcohol and he said come to cigarettes. He didn't say come to drugs. He didn't say come to sex. Sometimes people get off into sex because there's an emotional release when you engage in sex. But he didn't say come to sex and he didn't say relationships. Now, I'm not contradicting what I said. But sometimes people, they deal with loss with a relationship. They, they, they don't give themselves time to adjust. They just jump into a relationship. They jump into another relationship. And often, here's what happened. Maybe not in your case, but often people take that grief from one relationship over into that next relationship. They take that pain from one place to another plane because Jesus didn't say come to a new spouse and there's nothing wrong with remarrying. I'm not speaking against that. But Jesus didn't say come to another relationship. He said, come to me. Come, come to me. So how do I come to Jesus? You come to Jesus through his word. You run to the word. You listen to these teachings on a ju- uh, 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 taking advantage of your advantage. You you get my book, Weep Not, and, and you get in that word and you meditate in that word and you get that word. That's how you come to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. And then in verse 29, he said, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. The, the yoke that he's referring to is a neck harness. It is a harness for two animals placed over their necks for the purpose of working together, not working separate, working together. And usually in that society and farming agrarian society, usually there was a strong ox that was yoked up to a an, a young ox. This strong, mature ox was yoked up to a, a, a younger, immature ox. And the yoke was designed in such a way where the lead ox, that's the mature ox, would carry most of the weight, would carry most of the weight. So Jesus is saying that take his yoke... In other words, submit the load to him. Submit the load. You, you, you're looking inside now. You know the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, and you're going to yoke up with him. Holy Spirit, <clears throat> help me. Holy Spirit, I feel too weak to move on. Holy Spirit, this load is too heavy for me. So right now, I'm going to release this whole, this load to you, Holy Spirit, and I'm going to trust you to carry it for me. 
I'm going to trust you to care for me. You're going to be the lead ox for me. I'm not going to try to carry this Holy Spirit. And I thank you. You're on the inside of me and you're guiding me and you're teaching me and you're strengthening me and you're helping me, Holy Spirit. Now you're yoked up. See, now, now you, you're yoked up. And then Jesus says, learn of me. Verse 29, I'm meek and lowly in heart. What did Jesus mean when he said, learn of me, I'm meek and lowly in heart? He said, look at how I deal with issues. Look at how I deal with adversity. I'm meek. I'm teachable. I'm lowly in heart. I'm humble. I don't try to handle life by myself. You mean Jesus didn't try to handle life by? Absolutely. In John 530, here's what Jesus says. Here's what Jesus says. He says, in the New Century Version, I can do nothing alone. Traditional King says, I can do nothing of myself. I can do nothing, nothing, no thing can I do, Jesus said, alone. I can't do anything alone. He said, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit all the way. I'm not trying to teach alone. I'm trying not to preach alone. I'm not trying to heal, heal, uh, heal alone. I'm not trying to go through storms alone. I'm not handling death alone. No, no. Jesus experienced death. We don't know. Scripture doesn't specifically uh, indicate it. But Ju Jesus' natural dad, Joseph, died. He said, how you know he died? Because he's absent. Mary is present. He's absent. He died. Jesus ended up leading the family. Jesus ended up leading his younger brothers. And here some brothers and sisters. I'm, you know he was born of the Spirit, but I'm saying he had he lived in the home of Mary and Joseph. All the way up to 12, we see Joseph. After that, we don't see nothing about Joseph. Even in his young ministry time, you hear nothing about Joseph. Why? Because he died. Joseph died. And Jesus became the leader of the family. So he understood something about death. He understood what it meant to lose a, a loved one. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist got beheaded. He understood what it was like to experience the death of a loved one. But he said, I can't do nothing by myself. I don't try to do nothing by myself. So stop trying to handle this situation alone. Stop. Just stop it. Acknowledge. Go to God. Say, I got, I can't handle this and I'm not going to try anymore. And now you're going to look on the inside and trust the Holy Spirit uh, to help you. And the advantage that you have is that you don't have to face this thing and deal with it alone. Listen, I'm out of time. But we still got a ways to go because we, we got some other advantages. We talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about peace and joy and strength. We got some other things. We, you, you just got so many advantages that you're going to navigate through this thing and you're just going to walk into comfort. Oh, that's an advantage. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you're going to navigate through this thing and it's going to change your life. I love you. I want you to go back and listen to this. You if you're experiencing death, I want you to go back and listen to these four episodes. I want you, and then I want you to get ready for the fifth one. I want you to listen to all of them. I want you to listen to the whole thing. And you say, well, but I don't need to hear that. Yes, you do. I want you to prepare yourself right now because the day will come where you're going to have somebody that you're close to die. And I want you to go back and prepare yourself so that you don't fall apart, be suicidal when death comes. I love you. 
I thank you so very much for spending this time with me. I pray you have a a great uh, rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm